Welcome to Her Story Sessions. I'm Brittany, a woman on a mission to learn more about women throughout history and to share it all with you. Today's episode is a short one. If you like this show, be sure to follow me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Story Session and can be emailed at herstorysessionspodcast at gmail.com. Women at the turn of the 19th century were supposed to be quiet, demure, polite, and proper. Alice Roosevelt was none of those things. She was labeled as unruly and rebellious by many, but also loved as a fashion icon and for her sharp wit and beauty. Alice Lee Roosevelt was born in Manhattan on February 12, 1884, when her father was a New York State Assemblyman. Her mother, also named Alice, passed away just two days after her birth from undiagnosed kidney failure. Theodore's mother also passed away that same day. Distraught and unable to even speak his wife's name, he took to calling his daughter Baby Lee instead, and soon after her birth, he left for the Dakotas for two years, leaving baby Alice with his sister Anna, who Alice called Aunt Bammy or Auntie Bai, and she stayed with her until Theodore married again and she moved in with him and his new wife. Alice's aunt had a great impact on her, and she even once said, if Auntie Bai had been a man, she would have been president. Even after Alice no longer lived with her, visits with her auntie Bai would bring structure and stability to her life, especially when she had confrontations with her father and her stepmother. Living with her father once again, she soon had five younger half-siblings. Alice grew into a beautiful young woman, looking very much like her mother. Her father spoiled her with plenty of gifts, but was often away due to his political career. She grew up to be independent and self-confident and very outgoing. Once, when it was proposed that she go to a conservative school for girls in New York City, she protested, writing to her father, If you send me, I will humiliate you. I will do something that will shame you. I tell you I will. Then, in 1901, when Alice was 17, President McKinley was assassinated. Her father, who was serving as vice president at the time, was suddenly sworn in as president. Alice suddenly became an overnight celebrity. She made her social debut in January of 1902, holding her debutante ball in the East Room of the White House, which was one of the first large social events of the Roosevelt White House. She wore a gown in what became known as Alice Blue, making the blue-gray color a popular trend in women's fashion at the time. This event also began a lifelong relationship with the press, who nicknamed her Princess Alice. During Theodore Roosevelt's presidency, she was also known for her unladylike behavior and constantly breaking social norms. One newspaper in Paris noted that in 15 months, Alice Roosevelt had attended 407 dinners, 350 balls, and 300 parties. She liked partying into the early morning hours, riding in cars with men, smoking in public, and was known for carrying a snake around the White House that she named Emily Spinach, which she liked to shock guests with. She also did not hold back her criticisms of those in Washington. She would also take part in the antics of her younger siblings, sliding down banisters, walking on stilts throughout the halls, and just generally wrecking havoc throughout the White House. Once, when her father told her that she was not allowed to smoke while under his roof, she climbed on top of the White House roof and smoked there. When someone complained of her behavior, President Roosevelt famously said, I can do one of two things. I can be President of the United States or I can control Alice. I cannot possibly do both. Despite her behavior, she was a helpful asset to her father, taking responsibilities like White House hostess, being a representative for him when he was unable to attend something, and he even sent her on political trips. After a successful trip to Puerto Rico in 1903, her father wrote to her, You were of a real service down there, and your presence was accepted as a great compliment. By 1905, she had proved herself in performing official duties, 
And so her father sent her with a large peace delegation comprised of congressmen, diplomats, businessmen, and officials to Japan, China, Korea, and the Philippines. On the trip there, she jumped into the ship's pool fully clothed and then coaxed Congressman Burke Cochran to join her. Years later, she wrote in her autobiography that the linen blouse and skirt she was wearing wasn't really all that different from women's swimsuits of the time. The press, also along on the trip, reported all of her antics back home. When they made it to their destinations, they met plenty of officials and attended several events. Alice also received so many gifts, including a Pekingese dog from the Chinese Emperor Dowager Sichi, that her friend Willard D. Strait called her Alice in Plunderland. The entire trip turned out to be extremely successful, and Alice was praised by the press. After the trip, Alice privately agreed to marry Congressman Nicholas Longworth, who had been on the trip also, and the engagement was officially announced on December 13, 1905, after weeks of speculation by the press. She received notes of congratulations and gifts from all across the country, and she made a scrapbook of all of the news clippings related to Longworth or the wedding, which had come to dominate the news cycle by the time they were married on February 17, 1906. They were married in the White House in the East Room. Alice wore a wedding dress in her signature blue color, and when it came time to cut the cake, Alice borrowed a sword from a military aide to cut it. After the honeymoon, they bought a house on Massachusetts Avenue, which is now headquarters of the Washington Legal Foundation. Even after Roosevelt's presidency was over, Alice remained a prominent figure in Washington. She didn't like Nellie Taft, the new first lady, and it's reported that she made a voodoo doll of Nellie and buried it on the front lawn. Alice would be banned from the White House by the Tafts, and later Woodrow Wilson would also ban her for making a joke at his expense. She would often make sharp remarks about or to others, and she even had a pillow on display in her home that was embroidered with one of her quotes, If you can't say something nice about someone, come sit right here by me. The 1912 elections ended up causing a permanent rift in her marriage. Alice supported her father and the Bull Moose Party, even publicly appearing with her father's vice presidential candidate in Longworth's own district. Longworth supported President Taft, who had been his mentor. Longworth ended up losing his own re-election, although he was voted back in two years later. Alice had several affairs, and it was an open secret in Washington that she had an ongoing one with Senator William Bora. In her diary, she wrote that he was actually the father of her daughter Paulina, who was born in 1925. Her husband passed away in 1931, and during the Great Depression, Alice appeared in tobacco ads and wrote her autobiography titled Crowded Hours. The book sold well and was highly praised by in reviews. When her daughter passed away tragically at 32, Alice took custody of her granddaughter, Joanna. Alice doted on her, and the two were very close. Alice also continued to publicly remark on politics and politicians of the day and was openly opposed to her cousin, FDR, running for the president. She was a longtime friend with Richard Nixon, but abruptly ended the friendship after the Watergate scandal and was angry that he quoted her father's diary in his resignation speech. By the time she passed away at 96 years old in 1980, she had earned the nickname The Other Washington Monument. That's all for today, and thank you for attending this Heart Story session. 